everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. Every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. Dr. Linda, it is so good to see you again. Really? Or is it? (laughs) What if I'm just saying that, and it's not really how I feel about seeing you again? Or... (laughs) If that were the case, would I be lying to you on a national radio program? Yes, you would be. <laughs> yes, yeah. you definitely would be. And you might not be my co-host anymore. Ah, right. <laughs> but how would I know if you were lying, Chris? Hmm. Could I tell by your nonverbal? I am looking at you eye to eye right now, and it really does seem that you're not very sincere. <laughs> you're just <laughs> pranking me again, as you usually do. That is the case, yes, that because is. today's topic is signs that someone is lying to you. Specifically, uh-huh. what are the signs that someone could be lying to you? Are we going to be detectives at the end of the show? Yes, yes. Just the facts, ma'am. <laughs> That's right. Well, telling the truth is a big problem, I think, in our culture today. Uh, here's just one example. Let's say you're reading a text from a man you are dating. Your gut tells you, I'm not sure that this guy is telling the truth. How are you going to know that? Well, see, what they do is they take <laughs> oh, <no>. li- <laughs> lie detector technology and put it in an app. Oh, there you go. So you have your phone here. It's like a it's a portable mobile lie detecting machine. It, and take that with you on the date. You know, somebody probably has already thought of that. Oh, I wonder if somebody's point. developing that as we speak <laughs> yes, because I'm that sure would really are. help, right? Right. But think about all the communication that happens on social media. And you can't see the person to watch their body language like I was doing with you just now. Mm -hmm. You can't listen to their tone of voice. That really helps when you're trying to figure something out. And it may even be more difficult to detect the truth just because they can say anything they want. You have no way of knowing. And there are so many times during the day when you might wonder if someone is, in fact, telling the truth. Is the contractor overcharging you? Yes. Is oh. <laughs> probably. That's, yeah, right. That, that was very I always truthful. wonder about that, though. Mm-hmm. I always wonder. That's why you probably should get multiple estimates, right? right. Mm-hmm. Uh, is your wife being honest about how much money she's spending? Mm. Is your child telling the truth about the trouble they got into in school? Have you dealt with that one yet? Not yet. Yeah, Not it's yet. a fun one when they you get a call and then you ask the child. It's pretty interesting. <laughs> wait, wait, we did get a letter. Did you? Yeah, someone was yeah. being a little bit chatty in, yeah. the, in the classroom. Yeah. And did she acknowledge it? She did. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. well, there, there you go. <laughs> it's hard to deny because she's like that at home, too. Here's another one. Is your husband really working overtime? No one likes to be lied to, Dr. Linda, That's but true. we don't want to walk around feeling suspicious all the time either. I know. That would be a horrible way to live, wouldn't it? Mm. If you're always thinking, is that true? Is that not true? Right. In terms of believing someone, studies tell us that we have something called a truth bias. This means we have a tendency to trust people and what they are saying. So it says that we want to believe people. We want to think that they're telling us the truth. And consequently, we might not look for the signs that somebody's lying to us. I don't know. I'm not like that at all. I'm, right. thinking, I'm looking at that study and I'm thinking, wow, I have the opposite. Maybe because I'm a therapist. You are like a cop. <laughs> you don't trust anyone. I don't. But see, I think that's my job and that's my training mm-hmm. is always to get to the what's really going on. So I don't know if I have that truth bias or not. Mm-hmm. Do you? I like to. I like to think that everyone's telling the truth. Okay. Which means I get to be disappointed a lot. <laughs> and you're overlooking the signs. That's right. the point. That's, yeah. yeah. I have experienced that where you assume the best in someone and find out later they did lie. So there are signs of lying that apparently I'm missing because we don't want to be duped. No, nobody likes that. And honesty is still really the bedrock of healthy relationships. So I was surprised to learn that we hear, now wait till you hear this, we hear between 10 and 200 lies a day. 
Wow. That is a lot. It is a lot. And even 10 lies a day seem like a lot to me. I don't know. That just seems a little strange. It's really bad if you uh, work full time at a church. (laughs) (laughs) You better be below that 10 to zero, right? Right. That's the case. Well, we know lying is wrong. So why do we do it and hear it so often? I mean, up to 200 lies a day. Oh, that's a lot. I Hmm. I think there's a couple of things going on here. One is that lying is more accepted. So how many times do you hear people say, oh, it's just a little white lie? Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's somehow a difference between white and whatever color lie that's supposed to be. (laughs) So I think people think it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And then think about all the times that someone tells a lie in the media or in the entertainment industry, and then we find out, oh, that wasn't true. But there's no retraction. There's no Mm -hmm. consequences for any Mm -hmm. of that. And I also think another reason, and maybe this gets more at the heart of what's going on in our own hearts and motivation, is that sometimes we lie because we want to paint a better picture of ourselves other than what the truth is. And when we lie, we say, you know, this is who I want to be mm. rather than this is who I am. You may remember the movie with Jim Carrey, Liar, Liar. <laughs> <laughs> it was really funny because I forgot why. But for 24 hours, he could not lie. He had no ability to do it. Yeah. And everything he said came out of his mouth. Every, everything was true. Was it a wish? Or so? I'm trying to remember the story. Was yeah. it a wish from a child or something? That Some, I wish my dad would tell the truth or something like that? Yeah. Was that it? That, that I, sounds about right. I know yeah. we, we watched that with the kids. It was really an interesting kind of concept right. because he got in a lot of trouble when he told the <laughs> truth. <laughs> Lying, though, is really about pride, I think not respecting yourself or other people, and then trying to manipulate that. Even if you think, i got to get out of something, it's all about you and not about telling the truth. Well, if we do live in a world where we hear anywhere between 10 and 200 lies a day, we thought it would be interesting to ask listeners how they knew if someone was lying to them. Okay, what did they say? Well, first, let's do this one. Bruce says... You can tell they're lying because their mouth is moving. <laughs> and that's, my dad used to tell me that really? all the time as a kid. He'd say, you're lying. Your I, mouth is moving. I think I think Bruce has been lied to a few times. Sounds Too many. Like, sounds like <laughs> He's it, probably yes. in that 200 mark a day, right. right? Well, here's what Mark said. Mark, who has years of experience in sales and management training. Mm-hmm. So... You know, he's probably with a lot of people who say a lot of things. He says they rub or touch their nose. That's why at the beginning of the program when I was lying to you, I was sitting here. You were? I was rubbing my nose. I missed the sign. (laughs) I missed it. I'm going to look for that now. Right. Hilda says they sweat. (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not. Um, Okay. Jennifer told us that they over-explain. Right. Now, I've seen that with kids. Yes, like a kid. Yeah, Yeah. And then Patrice said they look to the left before or during an answer to your question. Why to the left? Hadn't heard that. I don't know, but that actually is one of the signs we're going to get into. So she must be onto something. She must work in one of those fields where she has to mm-hmm. detect that. And then Heather and Carol said they just can't look you in the eye. Okay, here's the problem I have. Okay. I don't typically look people in the eye the entire time I'm talking. Even like with you and me, you know, I look at the page, I look over here. Yeah. Does that mean I'm lying to you when I talk? It just could be one of the signs. It mm. might just be that when I ask you something really poignant right. or something that I'm really wondering about and you can't look at me mm-hmm. for any of that time, that's probably when it's a lie. I see. Okay. Well, Otherwise, you're just distracted. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a guy I work with. He said, I don't have ADHD. I just don't care. I just... <laughs> <laughs> we wanted to know how the experts tell if someone is lying. So we looked at law enforcement. Yes. They are trained to tell if someone is telling the truth, and there are a number of tips we can get from their training. 
Uh, there's a lot of science behind their training, Chris. They use a technique called statement analysis, mm-hmm. in which they look carefully at a person's words and then they scrutinize them. It's a kind of a communication analysis. Remember when President Clinton looked into the TV camera and stated emphatically, right. I did not have sex with that woman? Uh, we all know that was a lie, right? Mm-hmm. He was doing something that often comes with lying. He was being emphatic about pushing his lie. And law enforcement people tell us that pushing too hard could indicate there's too much effort going into this and they're in, trying to enforce a lie. No, well, we see that in politics a lot. Mm-hmm. They uh, stand up and, like you said, emphatically say uh, what is just not true. And kids do this sometimes. They do. They do. And and that's when you can tell that they're really in trouble because they're making up all these stories and they're telling us all that. This reminds me of the famous line from Shakespeare's Hamlet spoken by Queen Gertrude. I'm a fan of Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. And it's a well-known line where Hamlet says, the lady doth protest too much. You have to do it in a British accent. Oh, the lady doth protest too much, methinks. There we go, right. The player queen in that scene makes a vow that sounds just too elaborate, too artful, too insistent. And the thought is, because she's being so insistent it must be the opposite and not the truth she was actually denying something way too much to be trusted that is a key yeah well i don't believe you (laughs) (laughs) and we do have to take a short break but after the break we'll continue making our way down our list of signs to tell if someone is lying There's no doubt about it, we are definitely living in the text, Twitter, and email age. The handwritten note has become quite the relic. But just because we don't write much with pen and paper anymore doesn't mean we should forsake the kind and encouraging message. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor, and I want to encourage you to share a kind word. Even if it's a text, the power of telling a friend you're thinking of them, complimenting a success, or just saying, hey, hang in there, can make all the difference. If you've ever had your day interrupted by just a quick but genuine message from someone close, you know how a thought can raise your spirits, rejuvenate your mind, or help you stick on a difficult path because someone just cares. While you're listening right now, someone may come to mind, someone you can encourage with a few words. Take a minute and text, tweet, or email that person. Tell them you value them and the part they play in your life. It just might change their whole day. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and today's topic is signs that someone may be lying to you. Are you lying to me now? Yes. Oh. <laughs> no, that really is our topic. Did you not it? see me scratching my, my nose there? <laughs> Looking to the left. We learned that one in the last segment. That's where the notes are, is on the left. That's right. Um, I, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com, and that's where you will find her books, blogs, and you can connect on social media. And Dr. Linda has a new book out called Living Beyond Pain that helps anyone living with pain get their life back. It's available online and where books are sold. And Dr. Linda, during the presidential run this last go-around, uh, one of the candidates called a voter, okay? Mm-hmm. You're a lying, dog-faced pony soldier. What? Isn't what that is a great? A, what a, is a pony soldier? I don't, know I don't even a, know what that is. It's a great line, though. You're a it's lying, a, <laughs> dog-faced pony soldier. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, let's hope that candidate does not become the president. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> or else that person's just really angry, right. right? Still a great line, though. I've called everyone that. Back to our signs of lying. Uh, the person omits a personal pronoun 
or omits any reference to themselves. This one I've picked up on before. This is called a distancing technique. We notice this in therapy when we're talking to people. Here's an example. You say to someone, I really loved spending time with you yesterday, and I hope we can do it again. Mm -hmm. And then the person responds, yes, it was a good time. (laughs) Now, see, you notice it. Do you notice it? They're not saying, I, the personal pronoun you were talking about, Mm -hmm. I had a good time, or I would really look forward to doing it again. So what you mean is uh, liars tend not to reference themselves very often Mm -hmm. and reference others more in their communication, speaking in a third-party way. Yeah, so that's a tip we can all kind of pay attention to. Right. I'll be suspicious. uh, (laughs) hmm, Think about how people respond to me next time on this one. So to that point, Chris, Lance Armstrong, remember him? The bike With all the problems Mm -hmm. with the the drugs and the illegal use of drugs? He lied about taking performance-enhancing drugs in 2005. So they had comments from him, and they looked at the transcript. He talked about it in 2013, a lot of years later, when he actually told the truth. And his statement when he told the truth contained personal pronouns. Hmm. It was straight to the point, taking responsibility for what he did. So they could look at his two statements and tell the difference just by the words he used with the personal pronouns. Well, and since the liar is trying to cover up the truth, it seems like they are more negative. They are more negative because down deep, they're feeling hopefully guilty about lying So they make up these excessively negative excuses that tend to blame other people. Mm, They have to create stories, which is different from just telling you the truth. See, it's such an exhausting process (laughs) to try to remember uh, what's untrue or true. I know. How would you remember all that? I couldn't. I think that's why they repeatedly interrogate people, isn't it? Because they're trying to see if it stays the same. Right. Yeah. First, you tell the lie. Then you have to remember what you said that was true or not true. Well, and it's also hard work for your brain. Right. The simpler the story is, the easier it is on your brain because you don't have to keep track of all those elaborate chain of events. Mm -hmm. The more you push for details, the person may not get the story straight. We've seen that the next time. That could mean they're lying. But even if the story is simple, liars tend to use longer and more convoluted sentences, inserting unnecessary words in irrelevant but factual-sounding details in order to pad the lie. (laughs) To that point, listen to what Richard Nixon said when he was trying not to get caught during the Watergate scandal, okay? I can't do a Richard Nixon voice. You need to do it. You can do the finger. They can't see your hands, but yeah, okay. (laughs) But do that. I can say categorically (laughs) that this investigation indicates that no one in the White House staff, no one in this administration presently employed, was involved in this very bizarre incident. Of course, he was lying. Listen to that. He could have just simply said, I didn't do it. But doesn't that sound a lot like what we hear in politics today? All these convoluted sentences and these long kind of interface things. And Mm -hmm. remember politician John Edwards? Mm, He was in the news because he was not admitting to the paternity of a child. Right. Well, when he was lying about fathering the child, he did give that long convoluted statement. And when he finally decided to tell the truth, he went straight to the point Mm -hmm. and he admitted guilt. So... Let's think what we've just learned. Minimal self-references, really negative language, language that was convoluted. Those are all signs of potential lying. I've always wondered what the motivation is for lying when you know you probably will get caught. I mean, do people really think they will get away with these serious lies? Yeah, I know, because it always seems to wash out in the end, Mm -hmm. eventually, maybe way down the road. But I do think the motivation to tell a lie often stems from fear. I think we're afraid, but we don't know. We're afraid of what others will think of us. We're afraid that we will be found out. 
and that somehow people won't like us. We're afraid of the consequences sometimes of telling the truth. But every time the lie is told, the fear just gets stronger and stronger. I think sometimes it's okay to just not care what people think. <laughs> I know, just it live might your help. life. Right, yeah. it might really help with that. You know, I'm always suspicious of people who can't give a specific answer to a question. I think that might be a sign of lying. It is. It is a sign. And not only do they not give a specific answer, but they often change the subject. So have you noticed that? Mm-hmm. You're asking a very specific question, and then they veer the conversation in another right. direction because they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to tell you the truth. And then you start thinking, well, what are they hiding? (laughs) Here's one that parents may notice. Our kids begin to talk in ways that are not typical, and they use words that they don't normally say. Have you seen that? Oh, yes. yes. (laughs) And really, it's hard not to laugh. They change the pace of their conversations. Mm -hmm. So either they're getting really slow or they're getting much faster in the way that they normally talk. And that's a key when the pace changes. You know, you say, did you do it? Nope. Nope. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's real fast. Yeah. Or I didn't. I didn't. Nick did it. He told the neighbor, but then Mandy told the store manager. And then, well, then we said we wouldn't We wouldn't try to run. It just gets real fast and it yes. gets real confusing. And you're thinking, all right. <laughs> That's when you just say, okay, everyone's lying. You're yeah. all in trouble. <laughs> you're all in trouble. <laughs> well, what about the person who won't use language of commitment or they seem to be unsure? Here's what I mean. It's like what they are not saying that makes you think they might be lying. You're sort of talking about hedging on an answer. Mm -hmm. They're kind of hedging the process. They're answering, but they're not telling you the real story. So here's one of my favorites. When someone says, I'm afraid to tell you, Mm -hmm. or to be honest, but they're actually not being honest. They're just using that. They're hedging, and you want to hear more news, but the information is coming out really slowly. A lot of times I'll start a comment off with, well, to be honest, blah, blah, blah. And it's sort of just something I say, Yeah. but I work with someone. And he always says, when I say that, he's like, you're lying to me. Oh, really? He, he calls well, me Well, maybe he on. read this law enforcement study. He may have, yeah. He knew this tip. Yeah. I know. I thought the same thing because I know someone in our family who, who says that a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think they're processing and they're right. trying to think about what they want to say. Yes. But that's a tip that law enforcement <laughs> says, maybe not always the truth and involved. He, he's consistent because he'll say, hey, you're lying to me again. Like, stop it. I'm not lying. I'm just saying, well, to be honest. You maybe need to change that phrase. Yeah, stop that. (laughs) Here's another sign. You think maybe the person is lying, so you ask to speak to the person in person. They hesitate. They don't want to meet you one-on-one. I'm always suspicious of that. If you can't say it to my face, then something's wrong. And that is a problem with social media because you don't have to say things in person to the person's face, so it's easier just to lie. I know. And that's the issue Mm. with that anonymous format, too. Maybe another sign is simply to listen to see if the story adds up. So that is the one I think of right away with law enforcement when they're interrogating Mm -hmm. people. The inconsistencies in a conversation. Uh, You know, you're talking with someone maybe about his Mm ex-wife, and he says he doesn't have contact with her at all. And then later in the conversation, he mentions her because he talked to their child. So you're sitting there going, wait, you just said you didn't have contact. Now you're saying you talked to her. He just doesn't get the facts straight, and that's when people slip up, and that usually is an indication that they're telling a story. Well, Dr. Linda, we're getting close to a break. How about a few more signs researchers say to look for? Okay, so being vague and offering few details. Another one is repeating questions before they answer them, Hmm. and then playing with their hair or pressing their fingers to their lips, just like you're doing right Right. now as I'm looking to you. Your finger is right on your lips. What are you not saying? I'm playing with my hair, too, if you (laughs) want. 
Um, when we come back, a spiritual perspective online and how to stop this behavior. From the moment we're born, we're in relationship. At first, we depend on others to take care of us, to meet all of our needs. Then as we grow older, we make friends, we meet school teachers, later a boss at work and a spouse at home. Every relationship is important. Every relationship requires cultivation and nurturing. And at some point or another, every relationship has its challenges and they revolve around conflict. Did you know that you can grow through conflict and become such a healthier you than you ever expected? Well, I want to help you look at conflict in new ways, to approach conflict in ways that work. My book, We Need to Talk, can help you become a better problem solver, learn to negotiate differences, and strengthen all relationships even when conflict seems destructive. Well, let's face it, conflict is an unavoidable part of our everyday life. But conflict doesn't have to overwhelm you or destroy your relationships. We Need to Talk, an important book by Dr. Linda Mental, is written to help you successfully navigate conflict. Find We Need to Talk wherever you buy books online. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website and online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain. It's a book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and there you will find the book, Living Beyond Pain. And you can connect on social media, and don't forget about our podcast on iTunes. Dr. Linda, all of that is true. No, I was watching you, and I wasn't seeing any of those signs. Oh, we good. just <laughs> I was practicing my detective skills for right. what we just learned. So had I been playing with my hair? You weren't doing that. You, no, had your no. fi- you didn't have your finger in your mouth. You right. weren't looking to the left. You weren't doing any of those signs. <laughs> the reality is that only about 54% of lies are accurately spotted if you don't know to look for the signs. So that means like half the time, almost, we're being lied to. Ugh. Right? We don't know wow. how to spot it. When, we don't, when we're being lied to, we don't know how to recognize right. it, is what that's saying. Well, that's why we're doing this show That's today. right. Yeah. So one of the key things for a person to know is how that person typically acts. Mm-hmm. Then you can more easily spot a lie. There we go. So if I start sentences with sometimes, well, to be honest... And that's your typical behavior? Right. Chances are when I say that, that doesn't mean I'm lying. So do you need to inform that coworker that this is my <laughs> typical behavior? Right. It's representative of honesty. Stop accusing me. That's so complicated. Of lying. <laughs> so you can also listen for a change in the in their voice, mm-hmm. body language that isn't matching what they're saying. Uh, a deceptive person will often hide their mouth like you were trying to do just mm-hmm. a few minutes ago, or their eyes when they're being untruthful. Maybe a lot of throat clearing. And swallowing before a person answers. But that's allergies. Yeah, I mean, it's not lying be. to you. <laughs> I know. That's why you got to be careful not to, you know, think that it's all related to that. Right. Some of us may think, you know, what's the big deal about lying as long as no one gets hurt? And maybe you lie so you don't hurt another person's feelings. And then there's the thought that, hey, everyone does it. I know. But lying really is a big deal. And first of all, it's wrong mm-hmm. and stressful. And you don't have peace when you lie. Right. You have to look over your shoulders. You have to worry that you might get found out. You have to keep track of what you said. 
And that's not a relaxing or a peaceful way to live your life. So lying constantly keeps you on guard, if you think about it. There is no way I can survive as a, as a habitual liar because I cannot keep those stories straight. <laughs> the story straight? <laughs> it's awful. Well, good, because lying can ruin your relationship. Yes. So you don't want to become a good liar because mm-hmm. you can't trust a liar. And you can't respect somebody who lies. So it's better to be open, honest, even if it might hurt the person temporarily. And that mm. was one of the things you were saying, that sometimes people lie because they don't want to hurt somebody. But lying actually chips away at your feelings of trust for that person, mm-hmm. and it also affects your security in terms of your relationship. You know, when you watch, uh, especially sitcoms, a lot of the story and a lot of what we laugh at and the audience gets a big kick out of are these cover-ups, yeah. these things I don't want someone to know about, and it becomes funnier and funnier as it gets worse and worse and worse. That's soap operas. Yeah, that too. too where you just lying and lying and lying. Right. But you could watch a program like, uh, you may remember Seinfeld or uh, Frasier. Mm-hmm. It was always, you know, oh, we can't let them know about this. This will be such right. a big problem. It's all based on lies, and we sit and laugh at it. I think that could almost be a problem. Well, eventually the lies are going to be found out, and it doesn't end well. The Bible says, for all that is secret will eventually be brought into the open, and everything that is concealed mm. will be brought to the light and made known to all. So right. you might get temporary relief. You might get a little bit of a, whew, okay, I dodged that bullet. Right. But eventually you're going to get caught. And even if no one else sees it and you get away with it, God does see it. And that's who we're ultimately accountable to. So the key is to remember that God sees us all the time. And if we are believers, our goal is to please him and keep his commandment. I mean, it's one of the commandments for crying out loud. It is. And it, those commandments aren't there to be punitive. And mm-hmm. I, I always try to tell that to kids, you know, that it's, they're not there to try to make you behave a certain way. It really is that God knows how he designed us and he knows that there's a lot of pain that comes with lying and it's so destructive. So he tells us not to lie in order to protect us from pain. So those commandments are meant to help us, not to control us. Maybe the best advice for looking for lying is to just trust your instincts. I think your gut is a good indicator, especially if you're praying and you're a person of faith and the Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit's job, in part, is to help you discern the truth. And I don't know if we ask God enough to discern that. I do go into meetings sometimes and ask God to help me discern if somebody is telling the truth or not. Well, Dr. Linda, let's shift gears for a minute as we near the end of the program. You're listening to this and you're saying, I lie. I know I do it. I do it too much. How do I stop this? It's so easy to do. What do we do? So you need to get at the root of the problem. We talked about some reasons why people lie. You need to Mm -hmm. look at those reasons and decide, do one of those reasons uh, apply to me? Are you afraid of people seeing the truth? Is it a pride issue? You don't want to appear to be somebody that you really are. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's it. Lies can help create a fantasy of who you are. If that's the case, you need to work on some self-acceptance. You know, lying can be learned in families and other places, too might have been modeled in your family growing up and you see how lies were used to manipulate people and you've Mm -hmm. learned to do that. But the good news is, Chris, that you can break that habit. So right before you're tempted to lie, ask yourself, is it worth it? Then deepen your walk with God. Allow the Holy Spirit to help you make that change. And if it's really bad, I would say talk to a professional if you struggle with this. Your line might be compulsive and you may have to get some professional help to get at the root of the problem. Unfortunately, lying is common, even if it isn't godly. So watch for the signs. And our directive to you is live your life in the truth. God will honor that. 
Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Norm Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're here, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.